All right. A, a tough start to this. Oh, and you know what? We changed our show name. Yeah. Wow. We're all over the place. It's pouring outside. This is Hear the Herd, the revamped this week in Bison Sports here on 101.5 UMFM. My name is Neil Noonan, and alongside me, Michael Still is still out in the wilderness. I mean, I don't blame him. Like, <laughs> you look outside, he's probably been swept away somewhere. He's on his way to the land of Oz. I, I don't know. It's crazy. But from the Manitoba and the sports editor, it's Jason Pajak. How are you, man? I am fantastic. Much better than last week when I couldn't speak and I had no voice because I was so sick. Uh, so I'm happy to be back and uh, back in the booth and here with you. Absolutely, man. No, it's super good to see you. As you mentioned, you were out uh, a do not play last week, but mm-hmm. uh, we're happy to have you back. Michael Sills should be in studio anytime now, just getting off the bus. Again, Winnipeg is uh, getting a massive downpour as we speak. It's a bit of a mess. Yes. Just a uh, little bit. It's pretty nasty outside, so uh, traffic is uh, being delayed. Uh, anyone trying to get to campus is going to be slowed down, including Mike Still, but he'll be here soon. But hear the herd this week. We got lots going on in Bison Sports, and we're going to start with women's soccer who dropped their last two uh, out west last weekend are at one and three. You wrote a little bit about them in the Manitoban mm-hmm. um, coming off the weekend. How are you feeling about the women's soccer season so far, Jason? Overall, I'm very happy with how it's gone so far. The team is showing a lot of offensive skill. It's something that they've struggled with in the past few years is actually putting balls in the net and actually scoring goals they relied very heavily on their defense and Madison Wilford in goal obviously she's gone she's now the the goalie coach for the the women's soccer team and they've got two rookies in net Um, that's kind of my one issue there is how are they going to stack up and how is the team composition going to work now they're they're pushing the offense a little bit more they're letting Nicole Davies and and Haley Laverius move the ball a lot more Stephanie Young uh, a rookie defender she's very mobile with with the ball from the backfield straight to the straight Basically to the goal, we saw yeah. she, she. I think she broke someone's collarbone. Oh, I, the, I didn't hear that. In, yeah, against the <laughs> University of Virginia, she scored her first goal in Canada West. Went end to end and wound up taking out a Regina defender on her way through. Um, you know, but she still got that goal. And, yep. and another promising game for her against UFV. Obviously, the Bison's lost four to two, but she had another goal in that game. Uh, Celeste Galeo had her second goal in two games so that was a very good performance by them and and obviously the five nothing loss to trinity western like what are you going to do against trinity western they're it's three tough. they're three oh and one on the year they're yeah. nationally ranked they're a a team that's stacked with veteran talent <laughs> and they play out in bc so they get to train a lot more than you know the eastern teams do so it's 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 difficult to play a team like that especially one with a track record like trinity western so you you kind of take that game with a grain of salt. Totally, yeah. Trinity ranked third in the nation, and uh, yeah, a five nothing loss to them is it's one of those losses, kind of as you were saying that, like you kind of just take it by the chin and move on. Because mm-hmm. I mean, an incredible team there out west. Stephanie Young, you mentioned, incredible start to her rookie season, uh, a goal and assist, and team leading ten shots, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty incredible for a defenseman. Exactly, uh, she's she's getting to the net, and uh, her forward, her other rookie partner there, Jessica Sai. Last week's uh, Athlete of the Week as well, a red-hot hot start, two goals, mm-hmm. three assists, uh, right at the top of uh, the Bison's points, and as well, uh, second in Canada West in points, Jessica Sai. Yeah, she's fantastic. That header goal in on that life, that first home weekend was absolutely brilliant. I think it left everybody speechless. We were we were speaking, but it was a little <laughs> bit. Uh, it was not something that you'd want to repeat on the radio, right, 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 uh, on the sidelines there. But yeah, just 
that whole situation with having defenders able to put up points like that, it's so promising for this team. And the fact that all of these players are so young, you know, Sai and Young are, you know, they are early in their careers. Davis is also early in her career. Yeah. Like you've got this this group of this group of women there that they're gonna they're gonna continue to grow and get better. You know, Delima Chibber, she's technically a rookie, but you know, she's a veteran player. She's played professionally, she's played on the international stage. So having her for the next, you know, three, four years is gonna be very great for this team. And just the fact from kind of back to front they are a very offensively minded team now it's very great i also wrote uh, a bit of an analysis on how the team could use the speed and mobility to drive more offense and i talked about having like a 2-1 split in the formation so having two forwards and an attacking mid so maybe putting either davis or chibber in that attacking mid spot could allow the bisons to create more speed through that transition from kind of center field on towards the crease and then also having people like Young and Sai in the backfield able to move the ball up so effectively it just having that speed of transition is something that we haven't really seen from the Bisons in the past couple of years and it's it's very great to watch. Yeah, that's a really neat thought. Uh, definitely talking with um, Coach Vanessa Martinez-Lagunas before the season, a big part of her like, a big priority of hers mm-hmm. was getting the goal in the net, yeah. right? Because uh it's almost kind of flipped from last year to this year. And you mentioned Madison Wilford, uh, not in net anymore. Um, defense was a big part of their game last year. Mm-hmm. Now they're really trying to focus on the offense. And that, that's a really interesting uh, kind of point of view to take. Putting someone in the middle like that, like I think Chibber herself, yeah. um, just with the, the wealth amount of uh, experience that she's had over in India, mm-hmm. uh, competing uh, nationally, th- that would be a really cool spot for her. And Nicole Davis, another another woman you mentioned, you sports all rookie last year, right? Yeah. And uh, she's yet to put the ball in the net, uh, which, I mean, it's early in the season, four mm-hmm. games, right? And she's going to have a, definitely a few chances this weekend. But um, things are looking promising. Like for a one in three team yeah. um, with the tools that they have kind of thing in the mo- momentum. And then even just looking at the teams that they've played already, right? Yeah, they, and, they've had a very tough test already. You know, you're playing Trinity Western the second week of the season already and Saskatchewan's always got a good team and you, you go out basically you go out west and you go to any team in BC uh, you know with the exception of the two teams they're playing this weekend which you can get to in a second it's a very strong group you know they still have yet to play Calgary they've yet to play Alberta and they're still looking very it's it's still looking very good we haven't seen the toughest of tests we'll probably we'll probably seen the toughest test with Trinity Western out of the way but there's still a lot of teams that are up there in the standings that we haven't seen yet and we haven't seen much from them so far and really we're so early in the season that you know things haven't shaken out quite yet teams are very there we're still kind of in that main pack already only I think Trinity Western's the only team them and Calgary are the only teams that are really pushing themselves out of the pack and, and towards the top of the standings but the team is looking great and for Chibber like she's getting acclimated to not only playing on a different continent she's getting acclimated to playing in a completely different system with completely different players but even just individually seeing little little spots in her game against Regina she looked fantastic the the ball control the the awareness of who's around her you know using her space effectively she she looks she looks like a pro. Right. She. It's just that she needs like another game or two, uh, a few more practices to really gel with this team. And I, I can very, very much expect this weekend we're going to see a lot out of her. It's crazy to think it's probably the worst we'll see of her. 
Mm-hmm. She's just going to get better. And exactly. The talent is there, right? Yeah. You can just see the ball handling, just the accuracy with the shots. Um, it's absolutely there. And uh, looking at the standings now in the prairies, Manitoba sitting in fifth, one and three. Um, and then, like, basically all across the country, we got Trinity and Calgary right up top there, 3-0-1, as well as Alberta and McEwen at 3-0-1 in the prairie. But I think that's a tough part of our schedule. This mm-hmm. weekend is definitely going to lighten up a little bit when you're looking at the standings. Uh, women's soccer, for those listening live and who may be listening on YouTube later, if you're going to the games tonight, Friday and Saturday at 7 p.m., women's soccer are playing inside. There we go. Inside, which is uh, an incredible uh, pivot from uh, Bison Sports because the sev- it's not just the rain. Yeah, There's some th- severe thunderstorms. Storm mm-hmm. warnings uh, going on all across uh, southern Manitoba. So uh, better safe than sorry for sure. Rather than postponing the game, we're just going to go right inside uh, to Winnipeg uh, Soccer South, the complex right next door uh, to the West Turf. So if you got a ticket, it's still going to work in there. You can still get a ticket in there. We are going to be inside. And we will be hosting Thompson Rivers, who is 0-3-1 on the season Friday night, and then UBC Okanagan, who is 0-4-0 uh, on Saturday night. Any thoughts going into the weekend for women's soccer? I mean, looking at that schedule, you'd like to think that we're going to have a good chance against, mm-hmm. against these two teams rather than, say, a team like Trinity. It definitely will. Um, you know, it's, it's a great weekend to have a bounce back. Obviously, when you have you know a four-two and a five-nothing loss, you really want to look for something that will kind of get you back on track and help you get your legs under you a little bit more. So, playing a team like Thompson Rivers or a UBC Okanagan, who haven't really been, you know, been too successful in Canada West the last couple of years, so it's it's a good way to kind of get you back on track and keep get you going forward. You know the. The record for the Bisons belies the fact that it's a very promising team. It's a very skilled team, and it's a team that's going to win a lot of games this year. It's just that you know having such a tough test and a bit of like a, a heartbreaking loss to start the year, or a heartbreaking tie to start the year. You, the team is much better than it looks. Yes, um, it's it's much better than the the schedule and the standings portray. So, I think we're going to see the, kind of the first. You know, maybe like a coming out party for this team this year. Obviously, you're not going to win. You're probably not going to win with a bunch of rookies against Tom, uh, Trinity Western, but against Thompson Rivers and UBC Okanagan, you've got a very good chance. And and to see how this team comes together is going to be fantastic to watch. Speaking of coming together, Michael still hop on mic number three, making it in from the torrential downpour, man. It's nice to see you catch your breath. Boys, uh, I got to be honest here. Not pleased with the construction situation. It's so bad. On campus right now. I am legitimately very frustrated. I got the die side. Uh, excuse me. Which is not very far from where we physically are. But yeah. No, yeah. I got the Dysart at 10.45. We were sitting at Dysart for 20 minutes, not moving yeah. at all. Because of the construction that's not being done. Whew. Oh, man. Okay, we're going to let you catch your breath. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Again, women's soccer hosting Thompson Rivers tonight at 7 p.m. in the soccer complex right next to West Turfs. And then tomorrow night, UBC Okanagan is coming to town to play the Bisons in the same spot. Again, we will be under a roof. Come 
out. Support the women for homecoming weekend. We'll be right back talking about homecoming football. Big game against UBC. We'll be right back. At Winnipeg Record and Tape, 1079 Wellington Avenue, we specialize in factory-sealed vinyl LPs, cassettes, and 8-tracks, as well as an extensive selection of gently-used vinyl LPs and both 12-inch and 7-inch singles that span more than seven decades of musical history. Dig through the bargain bins in the back corner and unearth some forgotten gems. Place a special order through one of our many distributors or check out our music-related book and giftware selections. Visit us online at winnipegrecordandtape.com for store hours and to sign up for our mailing lists to be kept up to date on new arrivals and special events. Winnipeg Record and Tape at 1079 Wellington Avenue. Get yourself some groove therapy today. Touring on the strength of their brand new record, Homemade Satan, Ontario's Chastity play the Goodwill Social Club on Tuesday, November 5th. A searing album of punk, post-hardcore, and even pop, Homemade Satan is the follow-up to 2018's Death Lust and shows a growth in songcraft and an evolving exploration of self from Chastity's Brandon Williams. Don't miss your chance to see Chastity live at the Goodwill Social Club on Tuesday, November 5th, presented by Real Love Winnipeg and proudly supported by 101.5 UMFM. All right, we are back. Hear the herd on 101.5 UMFM. The twosome turned into a threesome. Michael Stills <laughs> in studio. Here we go, and we're talking football. That's why you were late, weren't you? Yeah, I was you just so wanted excited. to talk football. Yeah. I, I intentionally delayed so I could prep for this part of the conversation, and uh, I am fully prepared. Well, why don't you lead us off, man? Uh, we haven't heard your voice uh, for a little bit. A huge game tomorrow, Saturday, 2 p.m., homecoming against UBC Thunderbirds. How are you feeling about our Bisons heading into this one? Yeah, it's going to be a really good game. We're going to have Riley Harrison on in a couple minutes here, receiver for the Bisons, to talk about homecoming and what it means as a player to participate in something like this. But the game itself is going to be very exciting against UBC. UBC right now own three. They're looking for their first win this season. Obviously, Bisons are one and two. And, I mean, when you play an eight-game season, every game is meaningful. Yeah. But especially now, because we're, <clears throat> we're basically at the midway part of the season, if you lose this game, if the Bisons lose to fall to one and three, we are tied. Well, we're, we're in dead last if we lose this game, essentially. Uh, it can't happen. Facing off against this team, I feel like defensively we've been really strong this season. Offense is, you know, moving the ball, trying to get a little bit more production, including from my main man, Riley, who's walking into the studio right now. Yep. <clears throat> Getting the escort from Michael Elves into the studio right here. Riley, good to see you, man. Good to see you. <clears throat> Just hopping on the headset here. How's it going, man? Good, good. How are you? Doing real well, thanks. Doing well. It is. Uh, it is not pretty outside. Did you? Uh, did you evade the conditions, or what time did you get here today? Yeah, no, I got here early. I don't live. I don't live too far, so easy commute for me. I know some people. Yeah, I got a little trouble coming here, so <laughs> that would be me included yeah. in that number. <laughs> Fair enough. More than a little trouble, I think. <laughs> More than a little trouble. I had my own two cents about the construction going on down there, but it is what it is. Matt, how are you feeling right now? Homecoming this weekend. First and foremost, what does homecoming mean to you, Matt? How much does Doby talk about just sort of the meaning of this game compared to other games on the home schedule? Um, you know, it it definitely adds uh, a little bit of value to the game. Uh, it being homecoming. I feel like every year the crowd's a little bit uh, more excited. You know, we get a little bit more fans out. 
of course, we have a ton of alumni that come out to the game as well. Uh, that really changes the dynamic for us, I think. Um, but, you know, for me, it's kind of like any other game. I don't like to, to look too much into how many people are going to be there or, or the severity of the game. Uh, I kind of just take it one play at a time. But I do realize the position we're in and how big of a game this is in terms of standings and meaningfulness in terms of you know alumni and having a lot of fans out there so it's going to be an important game big game for sure sure yeah i mean <clears throat> let's touch on that for a minute you just mentioned the importance of this game it's huge i mean you guys are one and two ubc zero and three if you you know this is a position that <clears throat> if you guys win this game we're right back in the mix for a home playoff spot if we lose we're down sort of in that six seed so yeah it's a must win i mean has that message been preached at all at practice or like you mentioned is it just business as usual as we go into week number four mm. You know, I think it's a little business as usual. Um, Coach Doby, he tells us that it's an important game, of course, but at the same time, we we know that we just need to take it one play at a time, and we can't really be looking ahead into the playoffs, it being week four. Um, of course, though, with that being said, it is it is important for the standings for us to win this game. Like you said, if if we if we do end up slipping to one and three. We put ourselves in a in a pretty tough position to uh, to really make a run in the playoffs. So it's definitely crucial. But like I said, you know, you can't be looking too far ahead into the future. You got to take it one play at a time, one game at a time, and uh, that's what we're gonna do. Sounds good, man. Let's talk about his offense for a minute under offensive coordinator Von Mitchell. Been in, with this program from the jump with Coach Doby. But you had Blair Atkinson as your OC for the past couple of years, and now Vaughn back in that spot, man. How have you liked having him there? And describe to me what you feel like this offense has been able to do so far successfully in 2019. Um, you know, I think it's a big change. I like having Vaughn, uh, Coach Vaughn Mitchell. He, I call him the guru. <laughs> um, that guy knows his stuff, like that's for sure. Um, I had one of my probably biggest seasons under his offense. Um, just in general, though, he, he definitely has a different philosophy than our past OC Blair Atkinson, who moved on to the uh, Valley Huskers. Um, you know, his, his style of offense was a little more closed hash American style, where Coach Mitchell really likes to open it up and run a lot of RPO option plays, um, spread the field and spread the field, sorry, and make the defense really play sideline to sideline which I think is important in, in the Canadian game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, we've been producing. We've been putting up numbers. Uh, we maybe need to put a little work in the red zone, getting some more touchdowns. But other than that, like, it, it's definitely clicking. I think we'll click at the right time towards the end of the season here with Coach Mitchell's offense. But, yeah, I like it, you know. Nothing, nothing to complain about. <laughs> yeah, you brought up a really good point about how, you know, in – I guess this would have been probably three years ago now that we're dating ourselves in terms of uh, over 500 yards receiving you had uh, uh, at the receiver position with Vaughn in that spot. Describe to the viewers and the listeners that maybe are unfamiliar with the man, the myth, the legend, Riley Harrison, um, You know what type of player you are, what you like to do out there on the field, and what you do so well for the Bison offense and receiving core. Mm, you know, uh, I would probably describe my game as being like a crafty kind of route runner, you know. I think I'm fast. I've heard some people say I'm maybe not the fastest guy, maybe not the biggest guy on the field. Um, but what I do bring is um, intensity on every play. Um, I bring, 
I bring a lot of intelligence onto the field. I've been playing football all my life, um, and I think that in terms of the little intricacies within the game, I uh, I excel at that. Um, yeah, you know, I'm kind of a do-it-all sort of inside slot, uh, Canadian typical slot receiver, can run routes deep, run intermediate routes, um, block for running backs, do all that sort of stuff. So especially in my position, it's important being close to the quarterback to be able to block, be able to run routes uh, into the middle of the field and not be afraid of getting hit or anything like that. But yeah, that's kind of how I like to play. Just a real jack-of-all-trades. <laughs> I guess you could say, yeah. Do it all well. You, um, you've you been a starter for this team for a while. I mean, you've been in the lineup you know, as an impact receiver pretty much right from the jump here. I want to talk about yourself and Tristan Dice, because you're two guys that are big vets on, in this receiving core. Obviously, Macho is the guy that demands a lot of attention out there, the East-West Bowl participant. Mm-hmm. But you and Tristan are two savvy players that just seem to get it done when it counts. I mean, T. Dice, man, over 100 yards receiving in two straight games. And you're proud for a breakout game yourself here. Mm-hmm. You're both very valuable, smart, like you mentioned, smart, intelligent route runners that seem to make key catches at key times. What's your relationship like with uh, the man T. Dice? T. Dice or Trey Bops, that's my boy. Um, you know, we've been kind of side-by-side side for a while now. In 2016, when when I first started playing, he was playing the Y position, which is the second uh, slot receiver, and I'm the first slot receiver. So we're always, you know, hip-to-hip in the huddle, and we're hip-to-hip on the field. And, um, you know, we've been doing it together so long that now a lot of the times we kind of know where we're going to be at on the field, uh, which I really appreciate with, with Tristan. He's very consistent. Um so I don't have to worry about him, you know, messing up, not knowing the play, anything like that. That's not going to happen with with Dice. Um, and yeah, he he's having a great season. It's really nice to see. Honestly, um, he's been he's been doing it for a long time, and he's a hardworking kid. Um, so it's definitely nice to see him have some breakout games. I hope he continues. I mean, like, you know, I like getting the ball too. But hey, if if <laughs> if someone else can can move the ball down the field and get us first downs, like, I just want to win games. So. I'm glad to see him do that. I hope he continues to do that as well. When you think about how you guys have played over the first three games, you mentioned the red zone, and obviously that's been an area the team has struggled a little bit, um, finding finding majors, obviously. But if you were to give this offense a grade out of 10 in terms of where you're at so far this season, what would you rank this offense at right now, at the mid, almost at the midway point of the year? Um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty realistic guy. I'd probably say we're at about... A seven, and that might be kind of low, but I think it means that we have a lot of of room for improvement. Um, it being the halfway point in the season, I don't think you'd want to be a ten at, at the halfway point in the season because, you know, there was only room to regress from that point. So, like you said, you know, we're we're having some struggles in the red zone, um, but the future's looking bright. Um, I think, yeah, we're probably at about a seven right now, but like I said, we'll keep working on it. It's not too bad of a number. <laughs> no, not at all. And uh, I completely agree, man. Offenses looked good, especially with the three-headed monster, too, in the, in the backfield. Led by Mike Rashad, obviously, but also Logan Fisher and Victor St. Pierre-Laviolette getting it done. How nice is that for you as a receiver, knowing that, all right, well, you can just run the rock with our running backs here at times and get some yardage and get us out of a hole every once in a while. Mm. Yeah, um, that's huge. And I've kind of been preaching that a lot. I would turn to Des, uh, Des Catelli, the quarterback, if you didn't know, um, and I would say, you know, like, how nice is this that we could just 
hand the ball off on, on second and long and get a first down or get 15, 20 yards, you know, in the middle of the field. Um, and what that does also is it really opens up plays for on the back end for receivers too because we'll start chipping away at them with Mike Rashad and Logan Fisher, you know, getting first down, first down. That's going to start drawing those linebackers up even more, drawing that free safety up even more, leaving more room in the back end for us to take shots downfield. So, I mean, it's great um, having those guys to be able to do that and fill that position. Um, yeah, I'm looking to continued success from them. It's quite exciting. I know, I'm like Mike Rashad. I mean, what, what, can, what can't you say about that guy? He's a speedster. He's, uh, he's got wheels for days. So, I mean... It's exciting to watch him play every week, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, as a player, also as a fan, I'm sure, for, for all of us in here, it's nice to watch. I played with Mike in high school. It's nice to oh, see yeah, him succeed at this level and do so so well uh, in an offense that's that's doing a good job for you guys. Mike and Neil, let me open Mike and Neil. Jason and Neil, it's been that kind of morning. Let me yeah. open up this question for you guys. I mean, as um, sort of, and as myself in this position, as fans of the team, as people that cover it with homecoming coming up, does it excite you guys too, man? What are you looking forward to about homecoming? I mean, it's definitely exciting. Like you, football is kind of the one one of the parts of the year that I always look forward to forward to covering. It's always exciting. You know, the fans are great, and this team has always been. You know, even when things in the standings weren't going very well, it was still an exciting team to watch. It was always a promising team, and this year. I feel like the the confidence level is a lot higher because there's a lot of skilled veteran players kind of on both sides uh, on offense and defense. So just kind of bringing that all together, it's it's a very promising year for this team and hopefully going deep this year. Absolutely, I just love having the boys here at home (laughs) because I mean I've been to a few Bomber games here and there. That was the most fun I've had in that stadium during the home opener Mm -hmm. ever. It was an incredible display on both ends. I mean, six turnovers is ridiculous, right? And then you guys did it on offense, putting up 43. Um, It was a blast. And then homecoming is such a big deal, not only to Bison Sports, but to the university as a whole. There's been alumni all over campus all week. Um, It's a great big party. we got the tailgate in Max Bell, obviously, because it's pouring outside. (laughs) Um, Hopefully, Mother Nature will cooperate uh, for the 2 p.m. start tomorrow, but... It's it's one of the biggest parties of the year on campus, and to have our guys going up against uh, UBC and feeling really good about it with uh, who we're putting out on the floor, on the floor on the field, um, can't help but get excited. Staff or fan, whatever, um, I think it's going to be a blast tomorrow. Absolutely, couldn't agree. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully the weather holds up. It's uh, it's not looking too hot right now, but uh, I mean, there's a flash of lightning just over as, there. As we're speaking, zero. there's a little bit of lightning. Yeah, so hoping for the best. Riley, appreciate your time here this morning, Thank man. You. Really, thanks for coming in, yeah. and we're looking forward to the game tomorrow for sure. Thanks for having me. I'm Thank excited. You. Yeah, as we pull out here on Hear the Herd on one one point five UMFM again, we were talking about homecoming tomorrow, Saturday afternoon against UBC, two p.m. Rain or shine, depending on the thunder. <laughs> That's always the case. Uh, but please come out. Uh, we do have all the emergency plans in place. Uh, so regardless of what happens, we're going to try and get out on the field. And before the game, we do have a little tailgate party in Maxwell. As I mentioned, if you have a ticket, you can get in there. We got some beer gardens. We got some games. A lot of different campus partners out there. Hockey, both men's and women's, heading out to Regina for two last exhibition games before they start their season next week. 
My goodness, golf, men's and women's are also away uh, for a tournament September uh, 21st, 22nd. And last but not least, we got cross country starting their season. Uh, they're going out to Northfield, Minnesota, where our very own athlete of the year, Simone Barube, finished first last year. Hopefully looking for a back-to-back, but that will do it for us this week on Hear the Herd. Riley, thanks again for joining us, man. Jason, it was nice to have you this yeah. week. Hopefully we got uh, all three of us in studio each and every week, regardless of sickness or rain. But that will do it for us here on 101.5 UMFM. Take care. See you at homecoming.